This is ContraZoom, a live in limbo production. This is ContraZoom, where we go back and forth about films. My name is Dakota Arsenault, and I'm here for the third and final installment of the Oscar Primer podcasts. Unfortunately, last week I was sick, and so I'll have to cut short the series by one. So instead of discussing the final four films for Best Picture, I will just be discussing uh, the two that stand the best chance of the remaining four. So sadly, you will not uh, get to hear me talk about um, both Room and Brooklyn. Both very good films on their own right, but unfortunately, that's the way the cookie crumbles. That said, today I will be talking about The Revenant and Spotlight, two excellent films that both stand pretty good chance to walk away with some big awards and uh, and are real contenders for Best Picture. safe thing to do is track a new course back up on my Then what we gonna do? Sit out there like a bunch of goddamn ducks? You and your half-breed son get to walk on out? I'm talking to you. Alright, so I guess... I will start off with the nominations for The Revenant. Um, it has Best Picture, Best Actor for Leonardo DiCaprio, Best Supporting Actor for Tom Hardy, Best Director for Alejandro Gonzalez and Yaratu, Best Cinematography for Emmanuel Lubezki, Best Film Editing for Stephen Marion, Best Costume Design for Jacqueline West, Best Makeup and Hairstyling, Sion Grigg, Duncan Jarman, and Robert A. Pandini. Best Sound Mixing, John Taylor, Frank A. Montano, Randy Tom, and Chris Duesterich. Best Sound Editing, Martin Hernandez and Lon Bender. Best Visual Effects, Richard McBride, Matt Shumway, Jason Smith, and Cameron Walbauer. And Best Production Design, Jack Fisk and Hamish Purdy. That's a lot of nominations. The Revenant received 12 nominations, the most of any film that's up for the Academy Awards this year. Which, right off the bat, lets you know some things. It it knows that it's going to be a contender for just about everything, especially the big prize. More often than not, the film with the most nominations ends up winning Best Picture for a couple different reasons. One, uh, just by virtue of the fact that it's up for so many, gives it a better chance to pick up awards along the way. And also because... In order to win Best Picture, you need multiple branches from the Academy to win the prize. So you have things like Best Editors. All the editors make up a branch. All the directors make up a branch. The actors make up a branch. Things like that. So that's why you'll see things like um, 
one film winning multiple acting nominations because all the actors branch decide that a certain film has the best acting, so they award all the nominees in it or one or two or whatever. If a film has a ton of nominations, like The Revenant does, then it has broad support and is most likely to pick up some votes from everyone. You know, if it doesn't have a cinematography nomination, you could most likely expect that most of the cinematographers will not be voting for that movie for Best Picture. It's just sort of the fact of life. All that said, The Revenant sort of started out when it first was announced, all the nominations, it was right up there at the front. It was like, okay, The Revenant, that's the one to watch. And then some other stuff started creeping around. The Big Short suddenly got a lot of momentum and people were paying attention to it. And then Spotlight sort of kept the momentum where it was slowly bubbling and it sort of just stayed the course. And then by virtue of the fact that it was sticking around for so long, it ended up being a contender, the lead contender. And then a curious thing happened. People sort of stopped talking about a lot of the other films. No one's really talking about Brooklyn anymore, which is at one point was considered one. No one's really talking about Mad Max a ton, even though it's probably going to sweep a bunch of the technical categories. And uh, and then things like Room never even got consider real consideration. Bridge of Spies really fell off, even though that was never really considered a front runner. The Martians seemed to have some self-inflated hype by virtue of the fact that it was putting itself out there so much. All that said means that The Revenant is now the one to beat. And then a curious thing happened. Uh, just last week, The Revenant won the BAFTA, which is the British equivalent of the Oscars, which is usually a pretty good indicator of who's going to win. They're not always in line, but close enough that it's usually as a good idea where it's like, all right, and won the BAFTA, so you have to pay attention to this film. All that said, I basically am thinking that The Revenant is the one that's going to win. They'll probably be what's on my ballot. That's probably what I'm going to say on our Oscar roundtable, things like that. Moving on to Best Actor, Leonardo DiCaprio. Leo, 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 Leo. He is someone who, when I was younger, years ago, I didn't like it all. I didn't like the height. I didn't like things like that. I didn't I didn't get it. And then I saw The Departed, which I absolutely loved, and he was fantastic in that. And he he did a he had a great character role, character portrayal. I like Mac Damon's sort of turn as the bad guy turn pretending to be the good guy of as opposed to the reverse for Leo. Um but still, I loved his performance and it sort of made me relook a lot of his career. Since then, he's done some really interesting things, such as Revolutionary Road, Inception. Uh, I went back and watched The Aviator and Catch Me If You Can, Gangs of New York, all of which I really liked. Um, and, you know, he was pretty good in Django Unchained, uh, decent enough in The Great Gatsby. Wolf of Wall Street was a really strong performance, things like that. My issue with Leo is it's fashionable on the internet to claim that he's been robbed of Oscars. He really has not. You know, um, back in 1994, he was nominated for supporting actor for What's Eating Gilbert Grape. You know, he was way too young. He wasn't going to win anyways. And it's not like the competition was really there. In 2005, he was nominated for The Aviator. 
which was probably is probably his best performance and may have been I don't want I don't want to say he was robbed of that but uh he was probably better than Jamie Foxx although that was also a strong category having Johnny Depp for Finding Neverland and Don Cheadle for Hotel Rwanda who you could argue either of those guys were potentially robbed as well then in 2007 for Blood Diamond he was not robbed for that you know, Forrest Whitaker won for a really great performance. There were some other strong performances that year from Ryan Gosling and Half Nelson as well. And then there was The Wolf of Wall Street just two years ago in 2014. Once again, he really wasn't robbed for that. Matthew McConaughey won. Um, Chudal Edgio 4 probably could have also won for that. Uh, and Leo was, you know, he was solid, but he wasn't the best of the year. This is an interesting year because, one, by politics, the fact that he's been around for so long and the Academy will think he's paid his dues, will probably win him, award him the Oscar no matter what. On the other hand, the rest of his contenders, it's a pretty weak year, you know. Uh, Eddie Redmayne once again gave probably a stronger performance, but in a much weaker movie for The Danish Girl. Um, Matt Damon was okay in The Martian, not my favorite, but you know, he was pretty solid in that, but not unique enough. Michael Fassbender gave a really good performance in a movie that was pretty subpar in my opinion. I'm sorry, Andreas, don't kill me. And then Brian Cranston, who probably overacted that role way too much, which kind of destroyed the film. And he, Brian Cranston did not destroy the film. The writing in that movie destroyed the film. Um, but he didn't help it by overacting the, the screenplay. So not to mention the fact that Leo is due, quote unquote, um, he was also legitimately probably the best actor this year. And so he'll probably rightfully win. Unfortunately, people will mostly just praise and be like, finally, it's a career achievement award, things like that when it doesn't need to be. Supporting actor, Tom Hardy. I really like Tom Hardy in this role. I actually probably liked him more than Leo. Unfortunately, he's probably not going to win. Um, I was very incredulous about Sylvester Stallone being nominated for Creed. And then I saw it, and it actually was quite great, um, both Stallone and the movie itself. Uh, I think Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight was probably the best performance. I don't know if he really is a contender. Mark Rylance from Bridge of Spies is a bit of a contender. Christian Bale seems to have sort of dropped off. I really, I liked him in that. I think Steve Carell was probably better in that movie than he was. Um, but you know, Bale got the nomination. And then you have Tom Hardy, who was really strong. And if I was voting, I would probably put him second behind Ruffalo. Um, probably tied with Stallone for second place. But, you know, this looks like it's Stallone's award to lose right now with Rylant or Ruffalo maybe being the super, super dark underdogs, depending on, as far as Ruffalo goes, if Spotlight picks up steam and ends up winning Best Picture, it'll probably also win Best Supporting Actor. Best Director for Alejandro G. Inyaritu. This is a man who won last year for Birdman and once again is back and you have to think with winning Best Picture that he stands a pretty good shot at winning Best Director as well. In the past, since the Oscars have switched to the more than five, up to ten nominees, every year has not 
coincided with the same director winning as Best Picture. This year, it looks like they'll revert back to that where it will be the same. George Miller for Mad Max, Fury Road looks look like the really strong contender, but it I don't know. If I think it would be more of an upset if George Miller won over Inyaratu. Um I was sort of all on the Adam McKay bandwagon for the big short because I thought that had really strong direction, strong original direction, but that looks like that's not happening anymore. So it's probably gonna be a one and one A situation between Inyaratu and Miller. And then you have cinematography. Emmanuel Lubeshki, who is up, possibly might win his third Oscar in a row, which I don't know if is a record, but it has to at least be a record, if not tying one. He won two years ago for Gravity and last year for Birdman, and he teamed up again with Inyara 2 and shot a beautiful, beautiful film. They only use natural light. They're using these gorgeous northern BC setting to make it look like it was colonial, um, upper United States sort of thing. Uh, all in winter, all in very low lighting, all natural lighting, things like that. Beautiful long takes as always. That's sort of his, uh, motif, his style. Um, and really he sort of is the one to beat. I, I honestly think he will win it. You know, uh, Mad Max Ferry Road is also up there. Um, and I think things like if Mad Max wins cinematography and director, it's probably also going to win Best Picture. But it look, but I believe that The Revenant will start sweeping things. Uh, I will call it uh, Titanic Syndrome, where uh, people sort of get caught up in voting for it for every category. Uh, things like Lord of the Rings, although that was more of. Um, a career achievement of the trilogy sort of thing for uh the return of the king but still the same sort of thing where it's like nominate screw it let's give it to them doesn't matter who who was up for it they're just going to give them the award anyways which you know I actually think Lubeski is probably deserving. Uh, Mad Max had some great cinematography. I really love Sicario and the Hateful Eight cinematography as well. Just neither of those have any sort of steam left in them editing this is tough this is a film that uses a lot of long takes and it makes it hard to really tell the editing where it comes from you have a film like mad max which uses editing a lot more liberally and is probably the contender the big short has some really creative editing going on and i liked it I'm just a really big fan of it. I'm going to trumpet it a lot for uh, who I want to win in categories, but um, it's probably going to be Mad Max. This is this is where Mad Max is going to start picking up the the the, the technical awards that it's going to win, the below the line, if you will. Um, editing is also one that sort of correlates well with Best Picture. So while I think Mad Max will win. I don't think they'll make them win Best Picture, but if The Revenant does sneak in and win this one, it is a 100% lock that The Revenant will also win Best Picture. We have Best Costume Design. This is a film that uses mostly furs and leathers and all natural 
animal byproducts basically to make the costumes you know uh the main characters leo and the rest of them are all trappers so they wear a lot of layers of hides and furs and things like that to keep them warm while also being somewhat weatherproof uh they've got fantastic handmade boots and belts and things like that where you can really sort of see the artisanal side of it uh and it, it all looks fantastic uh, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really flash. The Academy seems to really like period pieces. I think Carol or Cinderella, which interestingly enough, were both designed by the same woman, Sandy Powell are the front runners, um, with maybe something like the Danish girl being a bit of the dark horse for that category. I really, as, as nice as it is to look at for the Revenant, they're not going to win best costume design. I'm going to tackle it together, sound mixing and sound editing. As I've stated many times before, these categories are so, go one in the same. Just because of the nature of it's the same people voting on it, and a lot of people can't really tell the difference anyways, so they'll just vote for both. This is another one where Mad Max is probably going to sweep both of them. The Revenant, maybe if it goes full Titanic, which I doubt it will, um... But this is basically sound editing and sound mixing is Mad Max's to lose. Then you have visual effects. You look at this film, and other than the bear scene, there really isn't a ton of visual effects going on. Now, the bear scene is quite impressive in its own right, but I don't think that's enough to sort of catapult it to the win. Um Star Wars, The Martian, and Mad Max all have more prominent um, visual effects for them to sort of go on than than just the bear. Uh, if I were to pick a winner, I would probably say Star Wars, but you know that might be another one where where Mad Max sort of comes in. And then lastly, we have production design. Production design are the sets and everything that is where the acting, where the performances sort of take place. It's some really great stuff, you know. Um, the 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 fort at the end where all the trappers are living is is really great. They've got the nice high fences, all log cabins, things like that. All very rustic old style things. And then you have um, the teepees and the different native uh, housing situations and what have you that that make up some really interesting stuff. It's weird. Mad Max seems to be the front runner for this category, while the production design for this is mostly cars. So that Mad Max might win, or you have something like The Danish Girl or Bridge of Spies that I could, I think, are better possible winners. But it looks like it's probably going to be Mad Max. The Revenant would be a bit of a wild card where I can't really see it coming through, but uh, who knows? You never know. Either way, I predict that The Revenant will walk away with quite a few awards. Most likely, let's see, picture, actor, director, cinematographer. Probably probably four, maybe five uh, awards which is certainly better than you'd think uh, going into it originally. Either way, Best Picture winner is going to at least have 
for awards given to them in general, just because you never see anymore the Best Picture winner only winning one or two things. They have to have support from other categories. In this case, you know, they've got the actor, director, cinematographer thing all sort of locked down, which are all pretty big branches, pretty big important branches as well to sort of go on. And that's why I think The Revenant is now the one to beat. I know there's things you cannot tell me. But I also know there's a story here, and I think everybody will hear about it. Do you think your paper has the resources to take that on? I do. Do you? The Boston priest molested kids in six different parishes over the last 30 years. The church found out about it and did nothing. We haven't committed any long-term investigative resources to the case. No, we haven't. And that's the kind of thing your team would do. Spotlight. Guys, listen. Everybody's going to be interested in this. Obviously, the church will fight us very hard. Trying to get some background information. I don't want you recording this in any way, shape, or form. Nothing. We understand you've settled several cases against the church. I can't discuss that. Now moving on to Spotlight. Here are the nominations. Best Picture. Best Supporting Actor for Mark Ruffalo. Best Supporting Actress for Rachel McAdams. Best Director for Tom McCarthy. Best Original Screenplay for Josh Singer in Tom McCarthy. And Best Film Editing for Tom McArdle. Different Tom, not the same one. So, Best Picture. Like I was talking about in The Revenant, it it sort of seemed like it was um, the front runner for a little bit. It took over the lead from the big short where it looked like it was a coin toss between the two of them. And then it sort of just stayed at the front of the pack. And then it just sort of faded. Um, as the Revenant picked up more wins and, um, and the momentum seems to be caring for that film now, which is a bit, uh, odd, um, that it shifted so suddenly looking back, it does seem a bit, um, wishful thinking that spotlight was the presumed front runner, especially since it doesn't have a ton of nominations spread out. Uh, not really many below the line categories after the two actings and the directing. Uh, so never really, really should have been considered the front runner. It would have been one of the, the lowest, the least winning best picture winners of all. And you have, uh, best supporting actor from Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo is absolutely fantastic in this. He's probably one of my, he's probably my favorite of all the supporting actors. Um, and he really stands out. I wish he was the front runner. Unfortunately, it looks like it's Sylvester Stallone's award to lose, but Ruffalo would probably be second there. Um, this is a great ensemble cast, but if you were to say who got the most screen time and who had the biggest part, it was probably Mark Ruffalo. So, so by virtue of that, he sort of stands out the most as being uh, the head of the pack there in, in the spotlight bunch. While it's terrifically acted all around, Mark Ruffalo has some of the flashier scenes. He does. He has more to do going through his crisis of conscience and things like that. Um, it's just an absolutely stunning performance all around. Um, and it's a bit of a shame that he's probably going to lose to Sylvester Stallone. But if there's anyone to unseat him at the last moment, it will probably be Ruffalo. 
Then you have supporting actress for Rachel McAdams. I was actually a little surprised that she was nominated. I thought she was good, but she sort of fades into the background sometimes. She she doesn't really have a, a showy scene. She has one little crying moment near the end, but for the most part, she's she's very good at doing her job. Um, but that is nowhere near enough to sort of. Uh, come in come from behind and win right now it looks like alicia vikanders from the danish girls award to win with maybe kate winslet from steve jobs being a bit of a dark horse rooney mara sort of dropped off after who i thought was the the early front runner jennifer jason lee never really got any momentum for the hateful eight and then you have rachel mcadams who just sort of is there um I think Spotlight was getting a lot of love from the Academy and because she's the main female in the cast that they decided to nominate her because they had no one else to sort of go through. Whereas, you know, they had a bit of a, a pick from the actor side, you know, they could have gone back to, um, Oh, well, I'm blanking out his name. Michael Keaton, who was nominated last year for best actor. Um, Probably not Leo Schreiber, but he was pretty solid in that too. There, there was a few males in that that had some really good scenes. Then you have best director for Tom McCarthy. Uh, the direction in this was was pretty subtle. It was more about the story than the direction of the film, although it sort of plays out like um, a, a bit of a thriller. It it has some really good stuff going on. The pacing is great. Uh, I really liked what he did with it. Unfortunately, it's it's not really showy enough to show that he was directing it, um, other than being great with the actors. As I mentioned for The Revenant, it's most likely going to be Inyari 2 or George Miller uh, for those for, for best director. Uh, maybe Adam McKay is a huge, huge upset. So Tom McCarthy and Lenny Abrahamson from Room are sort of stuck at the end where it's just they're just happy to be there. I, I predict that Tom McCarthy will be back and will win a Best Director Oscar one, one of these days because he does have the track record to suggest that he'll be back. That said, it's up for Best Original Screenplay, which is an award. The Screenplay Awards are usually given out as a bit of a consolation prize if the Best Picture nominee isn't presumed to win it and the revenant is even nominate for a screenplay so that sort of takes it out neither is mad max the two big front runners so spotlight is the presumed front runner for original screenplay against some good some, some solid movies but really none of them are are real contenders you know inside out was pretty fantastic the fact that it's nominated here proves that it will win animated feature because it's got outside support uh x machina is probably one of my favorite movies of the year but it was just not seen by enough people and sci-fi movies never do well at the oscars straight out of compton is sort of the the pity nomination for it because it didn't get anything else the movie sort of falls off towards the third act and then you have Bridge of Spies, which was really interesting, but also at times was a bit of a mess, sort of saved by the performances in, in uh, Spielberg's direction. So Spotlight, yeah, mark it down. They're, they're getting Best Original Screenplay. It is their consolation prize for losing out on, on Best Picture. 
And then lastly, you have film editing. This uh, the editing for this is, is sort of minimal. They they do some some good work as far as the pacing goes, but it, it's not very flashy like the big short is. It's not um, heart racing intense like Mad Max is, or uh, the subtleties of the of the the camera transitions like the Revenant. It just sort of is there. It doesn't stand out. It's much like the team on Spotlight where it's, it's there to do its job and isn't going to take center stage. It's just is. So it's it's sort of a shame that Spotlight is most likely not going to walk away with any more awards other than original screenplay and very, very slim chance of supporting actor. Uh, if Spotlight was to steal the best picture, I think it would get that supporting actor screenplay and uh even i it still be hesitant to say director i I think i think if spotlight wins best picture you'd maybe see george miller win best director and it would be split up it would just in yaritu would go home empty-handed um which that i don't think is enough support for spotlight to walk away with it that said, it's a really fantastic movie, and if you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend it. Uh, later on, after the Oscars are all over, we're going to be doing uh, Andreas and I are going to be doing a our favorite films of the year podcast, and I know Spotlight is going to be very high up on my list, as I believe it's very high up on Andreas's list as well. Well, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Oscar Primer Podcasts. I've had fun doing it. It's been a nice change of pace from just doing my written primers, which you can still see. Next week, we are going to be having a special episode where we um, predict who we think is going to win, who we think is going to win, who we want to win. I'll be joined back by Andreas and a special guest, actor Sebastian Hines, who we've had on here. We've interviewed him for his uh, his plays that he's been in, um, and he is a fantastic person, and I hope he sheds some interesting and new information on some of the things like the acting performances and what he thinks about them. Um, that said, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at DGAPA or the podcast at ContraZoomPod. Uh, please check out the show notes where uh, there'll be some links to some of the stuff I was talking about today. And um, if you can, please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it on iTunes. It really helps out greatly. Thanks so much for listening.